Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest. You know him, you love him. It's Kintad Spensgard. Kintad, how are you, sir? Hey, AJ, I am doing great. How you doing? Uh, I am doing splendiferously. Uh, it is so good to have you back in the seats. Usually I save you for the middle of the season, but it, it, it just it's just not the same uh, without you in the hot seat. Uh, why wait? Why delay my gratification? Why? Why? Exactly. Why ask why? Try Kintad dry. Exactly. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be one of those. It's always one of those, and that's why we love it so much, sir. Uh, have you been? Oh, I've been good. AJ, I'm a tired man. I'm a tired man. I'm getting ready to move from uh, my humble abode in Brooklyn and uh, head upstate a bit. Head upstate. Well, usually they say no sleep till Brooklyn. Apparently, it's for you. It's no sleep till upstate. But yeah. uh, I hope the move goes well. It's it's it's, it's a positive move, right? You're not like uh, being incarcerated upstate or something like that. <laughs> I'll be uh, there for five to twenty-five. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, yes, all is well. Just so this episode doesn't devolve into me giving you uh, instructions on how to form a shiv. And <laughs> yes. Things like, you know, uh, what posters you want on your walls uh, to dig behind. Uh, let, let's, let's go over the rules of our game here. And you know, Kitsad, there are going to be four rounds of four questions each. And in each round, I will let you know the categories in order that we'll be using for that round. Before each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus worth 10 points. At the end of the game, you'll field what we call the confidence question, your last chance to try to prove your final score. But I will explain all of that when we get there. We cannot get there until uh, you waive your right to a trial. And I just sentence you immediately to uh, four rounds of trivia. Uh, are you, uh, do you need to consult a lawyer or are you ready to go? Uh, I, if I need to, I will call Saul, but uh, otherwise I'm good to go. All right, well, you'd better, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Round one, uh, sir, as you know, the point value is available to you. One, three, five, and seven. And here are the categories that we're going to be using for this round. It's going to seem like an old classic round for you here. We're going to kick things off with Around the World. Move along to Music. Follow that up with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. And we're going to wrap up round one with who done it. But first things first, around the world, Kintad, uh, what say you, one, three, five, or seven? AJ, last time I was on the show, I, I had a very specific strategy with my uh, bets, one that was hard to decipher, but uh, it, it did me well. So I'm going to go completely away from that and uh, just try random madness this time around. And I will start with what is not my best category, I'm going to still give it five points. Five points for Around the World. Yeah, the, the Ponzi scheme you worked on last time. Uh, I mean, it was moderately successful. I, I will grant you that. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, throwing caution to the wind, as it were. Here is your five-point Around the World question. Kinzad, in 2018, 
Garrett Madison led a team of climbers and Sherpas en route to becoming the first American to summit a particular mountain twice. In what country did this take place? Huh. He took a bunch of Sherpas, climbed up this mountain, and he did it not once. AJ, my man said, you know what? That was pretty cool, but I'm going to do it again. Yeah, now, mind you, I, I don't believe it was consecutive. I don't think he got down and turned around and went back up. I, I do believe okay. there were some months in between. Time but yes. between. Oh, that changes the story then. <laughs> I, I'm not so impressed. All right. I'm going to say the country that this is in, uh, I don't know, AJ. I don't know. But where do they have Sherpas? They have them in, uh, although is it now become generic? Was Sherpa all, uh, a cultural... This is the question in my mind. I know you're not going to answer me, but was it a cultural thing or was it a particular people and then the name came from the Sherpa, so it would therefore be tied to a location? I know you take a Sherpa when you climb Mount Everest, but what country? I don't want to. I think Mount Everest is too easy a call, AJ. I'm going to say something completely off the wall and say there's plenty of Sherpas in Japan. What? <laughs> is he nuts? Japan? Give me my five points. Okay, well, Japan is your answer. I think you're thinking perhaps that uh, Garrett Madison was the first American to maybe climb Mount Fuji. Ooh. It certainly wasn't Mount Midoriyama. He was not an American ninja warrior, but <laughs> we're talking an actual mountain here. Okay, okay. And yes, you are absolutely on the nose with the fact that there was a capital S Sherpa, which yes. referred to the people who predominantly were the, the people who helped uh, scale Mount Everest, bring people up the mountains. They were very good at, at that skill. And over time, the capital S Sherpa became lowercase s Sherpa and was no longer restricted to capital S Sherpas. So your Sherpa might be a Sherpa or your Sherpa might not be a Sherpa. Your mileage may vary, and your mileage may vary depending on whether or not you have a capital S Sherpa or a generic lowercase S Sherpa, because they're probably not as good. But anyway, uh, none of that really matters. Uh, yes, uh, Sherpas, normally capital S, Everest, lowercase s, anywhere. We're not talking about any generic mountain. We are talking about one of the big ones. This one is the K2. K2? No, not that. K2, and that is in... Not Japan. No, not Japan. Pakistan. 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 We're looking for Pakistan. Sorry. Sorry. Cannot give you the points. But I like the way I like the way your your mind is warming up. Yeah. That's was... why we talk it out. We don't just blurty, blurty out an answer. We talk about it and uh, I think I think the juices are starting to flow. In fact I think you get a little something leaking out your ear there. You wanna want to... Oh, let me get that. Hold on. I'm I'm happy with that. I've learned something and uh there we go. That's what it's all about for me. Uh, well, for most people, it's the Hokey Pokey, but sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Hokey Pokey, which you might want to sing, let's move on to music. Uh, music, one, three, or seven. I'm going to... Music, I'm usually some a, a bit stronger, and so I'm going to go one. I love the confidence or lack thereof in this case. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> if your name was Mary, <laughs> you'd be... Saying it twice, Mr. Quite Contrary. Let's see how it works here. <laughs> Music for one point. Good luck. Here's your question. 
Comes out an eternally bizarre electronic band formed by Bill Drummond and Jimmy Cauty in 1987. Had a few top ten hits before announcing in 1992 that they had left the business following an award show appearance where they fired blanks from an automatic machine gun over the heads of a stunned audience. Who was this? Wow. This sounds very familiar. It didn't until you got to the award show part. And what kind of uh, music award shows did we have? We had the Grammys. We had the American Music Awards. And I believe we probably had the MTV Awards at that point by uh, by the 90s, early 90s. And it sounds so very familiar, but it's not coming to me right away. Uh, I'm going to try to think if there might be any connection to any previous questions one may have asked. Well, one I have asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, to the one question, uh, which I had, and the answer was Pakistan. And we were talking about K2. Uh, we were talking about uh, somebody named uh, what was it, Billy Madison? That's not it. Uh, <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you! Uh, <laughs> uh, Garrett Madison. Garrett Madison. None of these things are helping me. Climbing up the mountain. Making a connection. <laughs> K2 twice. I'm going to do um, I don't know, but I don't want to tap out. Sounded like some crazy. All right, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say just for the sake of saying an answer, even though I know it's incorrect, because I believe these people are still together. But I'm gonna say insane clown posse. Insane clown posse is your answer. <laughs> yes. Uh, now uh, I do believe that capital J Juggalo is different from lowercase J Juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> That joke was too dope. There were a bunch of ways to approach this. I mean, certainly if you've heard of the incident, uh, it's unmistakable that uh, very, very few bands have had the audacity to uh, perform at an award show. And this particular award show was actually the Brit Awards over there in the UK, across the pond. They did an extreme death metal version of uh, one of their songs. uh, And at the end... (laughs) fired an automatic machine gun filled with blanks over the uh, heads of the crowd and uh, had a, like, one of those Elvis has left the building announcements at the end, but they said the name of their band have left the business. And they did indeed stay uh, out of the business until a few years back when they actually finally got back together. Uh, I never knew that this was actually technically only two people because uh, their introduction to the United States, they had a bazillion people, uh, or so it seemed, they sang songs with Tammy Wynette. I said this was an eternally bizarre band. Their big hit was 3 A.M. Eternal. The KLF. KLF's gonna rock ya. Ancients right. of Moo Moo. Okay. I, I, no, it's not coming to me. I vaguely remember that, but I don't remember. I, I, I wasn't even in the right ballpark. Well, that's why one point was probably a very wise wager. Thank you, sir. I uh, have strategy in mind. Exactly. Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Strategy. Uh, audio Hodgepodge is next. We've got three points. We've got seven points. I encourage you to choose wisely. Um, let's go. Let's put our seven here in the audio hodgepodge. Why not? All right. 
right, why not? Let's put a little bit of confidence in our ears, even though uh, you still have a little liquid leaking out of them there. <laughs> I can't believe that's going to be the running gag this show, but... <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, all right, audio hodgepodge. Here's how this works. As always, as usual, I'm going to ask you a question. When I'm done asking you the question, I'm going to play a little clip for you. The idea is that once you've heard the clip, you'll have a better chance at answering the question than you did before you heard the clip, and hopefully the answer you come up with is the right one. Can Todd, here is your seven-point audio hodgepodge question. This mad TV skit that you're about to hear was mocking what person's then-recent appearance on their rival sketch comedy show. Oh, my God! I feel so bad! Like, my man totally started playing the wrong song, what? and I didn't know what to do, so I thought I'd do a hoedown. <laughs> No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, we're not taking the blame for you again. No, oh my God, I'm totally not blaming you guys. It's not your fault. It's um, Ike Barinholtz's fault because he totally introduced me wrong. Oh, are you blaming me for your crappy lip syncing? Oh, oh my God, no, 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 no. No, it's, um, it's the cameraman's fault. You see, he, he totally screwed me up and I didn't know what to do, so I thought I'd do a hoedown. Uh, AJ, I'm going to once again have to go back to my connections and see if I can figure out what connection it is. I do remember at a certain point there was a lip-syncing controversy on Saturday Night Live, which I'm assuming is the competition of Mad TV that of which you spoke. And I remember there was a big kerfluffle about somebody lip-syncing. And I want to say it was, you know, one of these like sort of pop stars oh, this is going to be, this is going to put a bee in my bonnet. This is going to chap every last hive I have. This is going to, this is going to take the liquid out of my ears and drive it directly into my brain. AJ, (laughs) (laughs) I want to feel good about my answer. I don't want to feel like I've wasted everybody's time that's, you know, out there. They had a long day. They come on home. they Maybe put on this wonderful show, and uh, and then they get my nonsense. Actually, my no- nonsense should be enjoyable to everyone, <laughs> now that I think of it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm doing that thing where I'm waiting to pull something uh, out of... <laughs> AJ, <laughs> this, this uh, pop star to which I'm thinking... Uh, well, we had K2... We had KLF, so we're going to go with Kesha. Kesha. I'm keeping a, a K thing. I'm, 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 go, I'm going back to the alphabet. Why not? Back to the alphabet. Back to life. Back. No, anyway. So the, yeah, the carryover from the previous uh, question was pretty much just a disastrous live performance. I mean, basically, that was just where my head was at. Uh, and this was... Very prominent. As you said, quite the kerfuffle. Hey, kerfuffle starts with K. This is not the alphabet season. Stop it, Kintan. Kintan starts with K. Oh, my goodness. Stop it. What's happening here? Kill me now. Now! (laughs) Keep going. Now! Uh, so, so yeah, that was a, a Mad TV skit making fun of this performer's appearance on Saturday Night Live from just a week or two prior uh, when uh, she had sung her uh, big hit song for uh, her first song of the night on SNL, came out for her second song, and somehow the backing track 
from the first song started playing and she didn't know what to do she froze the band froze and so she did a little jig uh, and sashayed off the stage and uh invoked the 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 ire of Lorne Michaels and uh, pretty much has insisted from that point on that no no one's allowed to lip sync at all on his show. This was singer of the song Pieces of Me, Ashley Simpson. Yeah, I remember almost every part of that story except for the Ashley Simpson part. Yeah, well, since that was the part I was asking for, how <laughs> unfortunate for you. <laughs> No matter, no matter, AJ. I still have a chance to salvage this round. Indeed, indeed, because there are four questions in a round, not three. <laughs> but three is the number of points that is on the line here in Who Done It. And as you know, Who Done It, I'm going to give you a biographical blurb, and you must tell me, well, Who Done It? Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. After spurning his family's meatpacking business. He got a law degree from the University of San Diego. However, the first sentence of his 2003 obituary references a Louis Vuitton clothing bag. Who done it? Meat it comes from a meat packing background, but then took a turn. AJ, I think maybe the connection is going to help me here if I can remember the details of the story right, if I even have the right connection. But I'm going off of Ashley Simpson, there's another famous Simpson, um, not talking Homer. Uh, I am talking, (laughs) I am talking about OJ, and I think since this is a lawyer, it's not uh, Al Al Cowling. I want to say Al Cowling is the name of the guy I'm thinking of, but that's not who it would be because that was a, a football buddy of OJ's. But I'm thinking that we're talking about either... See, OJ had a lot of lawyers, <laughs> okay? And I'm going to pick the wrong one because I I just know it. And it might not even be the answer at all. But I'm thinking it's an OJ lawyer. And I don't remember the order of deaths between Senors Cochran, Senors uh, Kardashian, and uh, the, uh, the other guy, the... Uh, oh. Watch it be the other guy whose name isn't coming to my uh, head. So, I'm going to say, just to, uh, I'm going to say it was, uh, I'm just going to give you the last name, Kardashian, and call it three points. It's Kardashian. It is Kardashian, say you. Uh, So, the, uh, you know, someone has a huge life, does a lot of things in their life. You know, gets a law degree, raises a family, kind to children, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. And their obituary when they die, the first sentence is, he carried a Louis Vuitton clothing bag out of OJ's house. Ah. Uh. After being called by his old friend. Yes, his old friend, Uncle Juice, called upon... Robert Kardashian to help him out of a sticky situation. Three points for you. Well done, indeed. Ah, uh, yes. Well done keeping up with that answer. Ah, uh, but that was another K. As it turns out. As it turns out, it was indeed another K. Every kiss begins with K, and every... 
But not every round you've been in uh, ends with points, and this one did, so well done, sir. Three points. <laughs> oh, wow. Stick the knife in, man. Which Again also with the... starts with... Yeah. Again with the shiv. Again with the shiv. I said I wasn't going to talk about the shiv. Uh, are you sure you're not going away upstate? Uh, and anyway, three points out of a possible 16. Uh, kudos for that one. Uh, well done, indeed. Yes, the other lawyers, uh, Barry Sheck and F. Lee Bailey. Uh, he had like a cavalcade of, of, of attorneys there. And, and heck, one, one of these days we might just be able to track down the real killers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Keep hope alive. Yeah, that's going to be real tough. Kintad. <laughs> Round two! Point values available to you are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. And Kadad, here are the four categories we're going to be dealing with today. Kicking things off with the sorting hat, following up with television. Then we're going to move along to I Deafen Grandma. And we're going to wrap up round two and the first half with Fungo. But first things are first. Gintad, the sorting hat awaits. Two, four, six, or eight. I've been listening to the uh, season so far. I'm also getting older, so I forget what... (laughs) (laughs) Would you like me to explain what the sorting hat is? explain what the sorting hat is? That is one of our new categories for this season. Uh, The sorting hat. I am going to give you three items. And you are going to have to sort those items by some sort of metric that I will give you, be it uh, largest to smallest, oldest to youngest, newest to oldest, whatever the metric is. I'll, of course, tell you the metric before you have to answer, but not before you have to tell me two, four, six, or eight. AJ, for the sorting hat, as it is my first attempt at a at a newbie, I'm going to uh, give this the two... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to give this four points. Four points. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Kitad there, but I believe he might have sat on the sorting hat. <laughs> it started a slithering and he was disturbed. Kitad, for your four point sorting hat question, I'm going to need for you to sort for me these three marriages from longest lasting. To shortest lasting. Marriage A. Elizabeth Moss and Fred Armisen. Marriage B. Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys. Marriage C. Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock. Longest marriage to shortest marriage. Huh. I don't think I ever heard that Elizabeth Moss married Fred Armisen. Never even heard that one. I never even heard that they were dating or thinking about it. Um, although it might have been one of those, oh, we met for three weeks and then it was love and then we just got married in Vegas and and then, you know, when we got home, we said, what the hell? Or it could have been some, I don't know, some, you know, long love that they shared. And I just, they didn't really broadcast it that much because I never heard it. And I hear everything, AJ. I'm going to just throw out a guess here and see what what happens, because I have no clue. We're going to start with the longest, correct? Correct. So the longest, I'm going to say, believe it or not, was Kim and Chris Humphreys. And then the the second longest, I think, was Pam and uh, Kid Rock. And I'm going to say Elizabeth and and Fred Armisen was like a 
the quickie of all, of the three quickies, and they were all quickies. Don't get me wrong, but I think uh, my answer would be B, C, and then A. All right, B, C, and A. Kim, Pamela, and Elizabeth, in that order. Uh, so all three of these marriages were less than a year in duration. They're uh, amongst the shorter of the, uh, hey, we know who both these people are, and oh my goodness, I didn't even know they're about, it's over, never mind. Uh, can I get my gift back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, infamously, I think Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys, uh, for those people who were keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, knew all about the uh, short nature of their uh, time together. Their their marriage lasted a whopping 72 days from start to finish. Uh, ended just in time for sweeps, I believe. <laughs> uh, Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock. Hardly even remember that uh, celebrity coupling, and yet, uh, yeah, I, I kind of do remember it. Uh, that lasted 122 days. <laughs> Believe it or not, the one that nobody's ever heard of, Fred Armisen and Elizabeth Moss, actually came close to the year 312 days before they realized the folly of their ways. Correct uh, order was A, C, B, Elizabeth Moss, Pamela Anderson, Kim Kardashian, being the shortest of the three. Incidentally, I just at the last uh, Emmy Award saw Fred Armisen sitting next to Natasha Leone of Russian Doll and was like, oh, do they know each other? Apparently they've been dating for like six years. No idea that Fred Armisen is like a chameleon and a very ninja-like predator of women. Or, no, no, no. Oh, wow, he's a ninja. He's a love ninja. Well, I'm surprised he didn't have a character on Saturday Night Live, the love ninja, is what I'm saying. Well, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I, it was a shot in the dark for that one. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, three letters can only be so many combinations, and yet... Yeah. And yet... And yet, I got everyone wrong. Everyone! Huzzah! <laughs> well, we're going to move along to television. I think you know a little bit about television, but do you know the question I'm going to ask? Well, of course not. That would be cheating. Uh, two points, six points, or eight points. AJ, I love television. That is my category. I am going to go with eight points. You thought something else. I thought you were going to be contrarian again, but apparently your garden has grown, as so have your balls. <laughs> <laughs> You've been visiting the Love Ninja, haven't you? Yes. Here is your eight-point television question. Although she has earned a ton of recent accolades for her work on The Handmaid's Tale, Elizabeth Moss won her first Golden Globe for what TV drama series where she played a New Zealand-based detective? <laughs> Have you gone comfortably numb? Because your lips move, but I don't hear what you're saying. I'm upset. Well, I was so confident. I was so secure. I was dry and secure. <laughs> well, you didn't raise your hand. I did not. Because now... I am not sure. Elizabeth Moss has been acting longer than people think. She's been around for a while. Because I remember what was I, I was just watching something recently and I went, holy heck, that's Elizabeth Moss. And she was like a kid. I don't think it was this show because you said New Zealand detective. I did. New Zealand based detective. New Zealand based detective. So I don't think it's the show I was watching, which I can't even remember what that was anyway. Even though it was a New Zealand-based detective. I wonder if this was like a BBC show. She seems like someone who would have done 
something for the BBC. But I don't think she was on anything like Broadchurch or anything like that, that I can recall. She was on Mad Men, but I don't remember her being a detective nor from New Zealand on that show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch the series, but, uh, you know, unless there was an elaborate dream sequence I'm unaware of. <laughs> I'm, but she's not, like, ancient either. She's a young lady at this point. I would call her a young lady because I'm of that age where that's acceptable. So maybe this was like one of those Disney shows or something like that. And I just, and if that's the case, I have no children. So I don't have, you know, the knowledge of those shows that I perhaps should. But uh, I'm going to go with one of those silly Disney or Nickelodeon shows. I don't know which one it was, but I'm going to say uh, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana is your answer. Fine series about uh, country music star and her New Zealand-based detective <laughs> friend. Oh. No, no, it was all about secret identities. I get it. It was uh, the spy stuff was going on. Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Disney shows always dominating the Golden Globes. Well, I, I guess my first... The first thing I was going to guess would have probably been better, I guess, which was where, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? But I don't think that was the type of show that had that either. I could be. I'm. I'm clearly not anywhere in the right realm. Let's just get it no, over with. You are. You are. You are in the weeds. No, that's not the answer. It's not weeds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she played a character named Robin Griffin, and she won international acclaim for the show called Top of the Lake. I think I actually. I have actually heard of that, AJ, but I, I know nothing about it and didn't know. I probably read that like in her bio or something at some point, but that's probably where Fred Armisen met her, right? Well, I mean, he, he was probably uh, doing a traveling tour of the Ferrisito show. Adios, <laughs> 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 Mio! <laughs> Is what he would say after seeing you get that one wrong, but fear not, fear not, Cantad. Two categories left. We have two and six points remaining. We have one of our newer categories ready for you here. It is I, Deafen Grandma, which, of course, as you know, is an anagram for the phrase anagram defined. I'm going to give you a clue towards an answer. Somewhere in that clue are a sequence of words that anagram to the proper answer. You don't need to figure out the anagram to come up with the correct answer. You could just answer the question. But as a way of double check, or perhaps if you don't know, find the anagram and you might be able to find the answer. Uh, two points or six? So far, I haven't heard anyone get this right. They they may have in, in tapings that I've not been privy to yet. But uh, this seems to be a tough one. So uh, I'm going to go for two on I Deaf and Grandma. Two points for I, Deaf and Grandma, and no, Kintad, you cannot be privy to my recordings. <laughs> Damn it! They're personal, and they're private. <laughs> How dare you, sir! <laughs> Here is your clue. Scientists are concerned about this part European, part Asian space, because it is evaporating at a rate of 7 centimeters per year due to climate change. Part European, part Asian space. Why would you use the word 
space. Why would the scientist be concerned? <laughs> I don't know, AJ. I I don't even have a have a clue here, and I don't even know which parts of the word that I'm trying to put into an anagram. So that's not going to help me. I, I I was I was hoping I could give the uh, listeners a better challenge today, but so far, huh. I am going to say, is there a desert? Geography is a bad subject for me. Science is a bad subject for me. You know, all them smart people categories is a bad subject for me. I'm selling myself short, AJ. I'm supposed to say positive things about myself and speak that truth. Speak that truth into being, into reality. What's the name of the place I'm trying to think of? Come on, AJ. Uh, the name is... I don't know. I'm going to say the Pyrenees. Do I? I don't even have those letters. Okay, it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> the Pyrenees. The Pyrenees is your answer. I mean, you know, if, if you really don't know how to spell Pyrenees, I suppose European could. <laughs> so, the previous question was top of the lake. We are talking about something evaporating, so we are dealing with some form of water. This is a body of water that is part European and part Asian. It is an anagram of the words Asian space. It is the Caspian Sea. Yeah, it was there for me. It was there. It was staring you right in the face, although jumbled <laughs> up a little bit and mixed up, and just like you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. appreciate that question. I really do. Yeah, let me just put that in the plus ledger. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Fungo, sir. Our final question in the first half. Fungo, six points. As you know, Fungo, three disparate clues, each alike in dignity, all pointing towards the same singular answer. Here is your six-point Fungo. Clue number one. Title item from a Lewis-penned flight of fancy. Clue number two. Frog Stomp Group, fronted by Daniel Johns. Clue number three. Genghis Khan-inspired nickname for Old Sparky. I can see the album cover to Frog Stomp. I believe this was like a kid's band. Like, not kid's band, but like a, a group of uh, uh, teenage boys. But not like, a, not like a boy band. They were like kind of rocking. And I believe I now have it. Because I remembered the name of the group, and I also remembered the name of uh, a certain book in the uh, Chronicles of Narnia. And I believe that is the Lewis Penned Flight of Fancy, to which we refer. It makes sense that this would be Old Sparky, which I believe is the electric chair, maybe. And uh, so this would could very well be another nickname for that. AJ, I'm going to say the answer is Silver Chair. Silver Chair. Silver chair is your answer. I mean, it's certainly conceivable that the answer could be wardrobe. I, I suppose the answer could be Dawn Trader. It could even be nephew, I suppose, if you want to <laughs> stretch it to uh, a nephew being an item, perhaps. But yeah, you are absolutely correct, sir. The silver chair, one of the books in the Chronicles of Narnia. Frog Stomp, that was the album. Daniel Johns was the 
frontman. He did leave the group at some point uh, before its uh, ultimate uh, demise. Although they could, maybe, I, they might even be still be around. I just know Daniel Johns is no longer part of the equation there. And yeah, Genghis Khan uh, used to handle executions by sitting someone down and pouring molten silver over them. So uh, you did not want to sit in the silver chair. Well then, you got it all. Six hey, points. Yeah. Huzzah! Huzzah! That's that's two consecutive rounds now where you went, no, 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 aha! Yes. Uh, I sense a pattern. Let's uh, do better, though. Well, we can flip it on its head in the second half and go, aha, 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 oh. We could, or we could just get everything right from here on out. Oh, come on, let's not get cocky. Let's just stay grounded in reality a little bit here. I mean, come on, man. Uh, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't. Mm. Al Michaels over here in my hot seat, folks. He believes in miracles. Uh, six points in that round. We're going to add those six to the three ahead coming into the round. That puts you at nine points, about as good a single-digit number as you can get <laughs> headed into halftime. Look <laughs> at Todd. You have a chance now to greatly increase your score. And it is our halftime bonus. Here is how the halftime bonus works. I am going to give you the title of a top ten list. You are going to ponder which answer, one and only one answer you're going to give me, to one of the items on that top ten list. If you give me the number one answer, you will get one point. Give me the number two answer, you get two points. If you give me the number ten answer, ten points. That's what we're looking for, but be careful. For if you give me an answer that is not in the top ten, you get a goose egg. So there's a little bit of a risk-reward here. How confident are you? Where are you in the guesses? You know how the drill works here. Are you ready for your category, sir? Oh, yeah. Hit me, hit me. Ponder for me and come up with your answer. The top 10 United States with the most executions since 1976. Take a little bit of time to think about your answer. And we'll be back to hear your answer after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron. Just like Steve, Philip, Blair, and Chris, just a few of the most recent subscribers to our podcast. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Kintad Svensgaard. When we last left Kintad, he was sitting on nine points. Working on the following halftime bonus, which could greatly increase his score. The top 10 states with the most executions since 1976. Whenever you're ready, Kintad. This is a tough one, AJ, for me. Because there is one state that I know leads the pack. And unfortunately, I don't really know all of the death penalty states after that. Should I just go ahead and get my one point or should i try to come up with a state that's a death penalty state and and just uh hope that it's in the top 10 aj i don't know i'm not going to say the answer which is the only one that i'm sure of it would be there which would be texas i mean they do that like as a weekend thing down there <laughs> sorry texas people i love you my mom actually lives uh, near dallas and I was going to go with some, like, maybe some southern states, because I think there tend to be um, uh, more death penalty states in, in the southern 
uh, region of the country. But actually, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna flip that. Instead of going with a southern state, I feel like, and I could be completely wrong because there's a lot of Mormons there, and maybe they don't approve of the death penalty. But I think Utah is a death penalty state, and I am going to say Utah. Utah is your answer. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, I believe it is the Beehive State. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe if they have the death penalty, it has helped them learn how to beehive themselves. Oh my God! So let us go over the top ten list from one to ten because people playing along at home and they're going to need to know where they slot in. Should they have guessed something different from you? You are absolutely correct. One point would have been given to you for saying the state with the most executions, 565 of them. That would be Texas. Clearly. And if you know, you know if you know that's the one, is it worth one point if you're going to gamble? Yeah, if you're that sure, you might as well gamble. That's the way I look at it. With 113 executions, two points for Virginia. With 112 executions, three points, Oklahoma. 99. Worth four points if you said Florida. With 89, five points if you said Missouri. 74 executions in Georgia. That would have given you six points. With 66 executions, you would have gotten seven points if you had said Alabama. Your southern theory playing out a bit there. With 56 and worth eight points. Ohio. And tied at 43, but ordered in uh, order of most recent. Nine points would be North Carolina. Ten points. You are not correct. It is South Carolina. (laughs) You killing me, man. Oh, I am sorry. I am sorry. 20% of the states on the list and you just fell short. Oh, well, I took a shot. I took a gamble. You did. It unfortunately did not pay off, but hey, all of you out there listening at home, uh, hopefully you got some points on that, and uh, maybe you've moved ahead of Mr. Cantat at this point, but plenty of points left. I'm sensing uh, that this might have inspired you, focused you a little more, and uh, let's see if you can do it! (laughs) Going to climb the mountain of points! (laughs) Round three. Point value is going to stay the same at two, four, six, and eight, but the categories, they're going to be a little bit different. Here's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with by the book. By the book, our repurposed literature question. Moving along to analogies. Following that up with movies, and we're going to wrap up round three with one of our new categories, Odd Man Out. By the book is first. Two, four, six, or eight. By the book. Let's go four for by the book. Four for by the book. A little new spin on the literature category. I'm going to give you the year of publication of a book and four chapter titles from that book. Armed with that information and that information alone, you need to come up with the name of that book. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. The year is 2005. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And here are your chapters. The Soiled Knight. The Queen Maker, Cat of the Canals, and Circe 4. 4 is the Roman numeral 4. Okay. Well, I know the series, 
that this book belongs to. This is clearly the Chronicles of Narnia. Just kidding. Uh, this is uh, our good old friends at Game of Thrones by Mr. George Double R. Martin. And uh, the question is, if I can remember the various titles of the books in that series, I read them all. I was quite a fan. Cat in the Sewers is when... I thought that was an Arya reference, actually. But I, now I don't remember um, when she was blind for a little while. Um, so that's earlier on in the series. And I'm trying to go through the names of the books in my head. A Winter's Tale. No, that is not it. We got a Song of Ice and we got a Song of Fire. And then we got uh, some dragons. We got the, Khal- the Khaleesi. Dang it, AJ. If you had told me to just check real quick my, my Game of Thrones books before we recorded, I would have probably got this one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of the second book. The very second book. Because I, I think this is, uh, you know, when, she was, when Arya was running around with a man and she was calling herself a girl. I think this is around that time. You had like uh, a storm of a storm of swords. Uh, you had like <laughs> a bay of pigs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sing the whole Billy Joe song. Maybe it'll come to you. <laughs> Just because it's not going to come to me, I'm going to say uh, a, a storm of swords. A storm of swords is your answer. Well, clearly. You do know the answer to this question. It's in that brain because, uh, you know, you're you're dancing. Not not because you're dancing dragons, but you're dancing all around it. Uh, yes, this is the, a book in the A Song of Ice and Fire series. Game of Thrones is just one of the books, not the name of the series. This is the 2005 book. The Soiled Knight refers to a character named Aris Oakhart. The Queenmaker, a character, Ariane Martell. You sh- in the first few books, uh, most of the... Chapters were headed by major characters. He kind of branched out after a while to some of the minor characters. Yeah, you are a later in, book. Ugh. Yes, yeah. 2005. Yeah. Uh, Arya, yeah. of course, was indeed the cat of the canals. Uh, you are correct there. And Cersei, we all know. Cersei, this was the one you didn't mention. A Feast for Crows. Uh, yeah. Dang it. Oh, well. Oh, well, indeed. A boy has no points. <laughs> Damn you, Jacques and Hagar! <laughs> Analogies. Analogies is next. You have two. You have six. You have eight. What say ye, sir? Uh, so let's... Oh, wait, but I'm looking at the other categories. Uh, usually I like to try my luck at analogies, but I'm gonna go two. Two points for analogies. Uh, good luck. Here is your two-point analogy. C-3PO is to crow, as R2-D2 is to what? This is where I have to sadly admit that I have never really watched what I think this is referring to. I mean, I, I caught... I think this is a mystery theater, science theater 3000, 2000, 5000 reference. Because we're talking about robots, the droids, the... Of course, that's Star Wars, C-3PO, and R2-D2. And I think the they had sort of counterparts, perhaps, that on that show, Mystery Science Theater, uh, that were sort of based on these guys. And 
if you were to tell me to name a robot from the show Mystery Science Theater 500,000, I would say Crow. So that's the robot I know from this show. What's the name of the little robot? Crow is the kind of, you know, the sort of humanoid robot, if I know anything in my recollections. But there's a, a sidekick kind of robot to the crow, who also, crow talks. I don't know if the sidekick talks or not. I think they, that it does. I know a few things about that show. I know there's a guy named Joel, and that there's a, he, he either left or he was the replacement. For another guy, I think his name was uh, Chad. <laughs> oh, I do remember one other name. I don't know if this is right, but it's going to be my answer. I'm going to say Tom Servo. Tom Servo. Tom Servo. You sure you don't mean Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who that's a Hercules. good one. <laughs> that's a good one, AJ. Uh, you know, I like nothing more than to listen to my old outcast songs with... Big Boy and Andre 5000. <laughs> it's Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes. The show. Hey, uh, Tom Servo is the correct answer. Well done. You get the points. Good ah! job there. Yeah, they uh, when they originally made the pilot, uh, Crow T-Robot was and is still to this day gold and uh, kind of C-3PO inspired. They had another robot who was R2-D2 inspired. Uh, they named him Beeper, and he actually did not talk. He beeped, just like R2-D2. Uh, and then uh, after the pilot said, yeah, we kind of want another voice in there. So they gave him a voice, painted him uh, red like a gumball machine, and uh, Tom Servo is the answer. Well done, two points. I didn't think I was going to pull that one off, AJ. Nor did I. I'd already <laughs> uh, moved on and <laughs> stopped listening about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but like a gypsy, you swooped in there and, uh, yeah, that was for you fans out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> movies. Movies uh, is next. Six or eight. Based on what the last category is, I think this is going to throw me. Normally, I would be like all over that eight for movies. But if this is going to be one of those rando movies from that show, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna. That's uh, uh, that's gonna be you know an only in Floridian level question that I'm not gonna get. So even though I'm not a hundred percent confident in the last category, which is a new one, I'm going to go six on movies. Six points on movies. All right. Good luck to you, sir. Here is your six point movies question. Peter Graves appeared in five movies that were given the MST3K treatment over the years. But one of his intentionally funny roles was that of what character in the airplane movies? Oh, okay. Wow. I really thought you were going to burn me on one of those uh, old, old movie titles that I would have had no idea. Peter Graves, I'm trying to remember how they did it. Uh, because there was a joke about the names, and they would talk back and forth. And and Peter Graves, I believe, was the pilot or the captain. And I think his name was Over? Captain Over? Is that your answer? That's my answer. Captain Over is your answer. So the shtick, the who's on first in type shtick there with uh, Roger. Roger, what's your clearance, Clarence? What's your vector, Victor? 
Yeah. Uh, certainly, they, they had all the first names in there, and uh, yes, they had all these configurations of punny names. Peter Graves was your captain. Captain Clarence over. Yes. Captain over. Six points for you. Well done. Yes. Your your run of success is not over. <laughs> yes. Good job, Shirley. <laughs> Thanks, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, good job there. Yeah, there was a, a fun little movie there, fun little wordplay. Uh, still makes me chuckle, even if some of the movie doesn't hold up. <laughs> I haven't watched it in years, but it was uh, one of my favorites. Indeed. Well, one question left in round three. You are rocking a two-question streak here. Let's see if we can complete the prophecy and get you that uh, three right, one wrong in this round. Odd man out. It's going to be worth eight points to you. I am going to give you four items, four names, four things. You must tell me which of the four is the odd man out. Here is your odd man out. Gary Talent. Nils Lofgren. Steven Van Zant. Tony Sirico. Which one is odd man out? Okay. AJ. I believe these are musicians. But I'm tr- the, but figuring out which is the odd man out is going to be tough for me because I don't really know. Like I recognize the name Nils Lofgren and I recognize the name Stephen Van Zant. I think uh, I think we might be talking about Leonard Skinner with Stephen Van Zant. Uh, I don't know if all these guys were Leonard Skinner. Perhaps one was not, or if some of these musicians died tragically because I believe. That's what happened to uh, Leonard Skinner. Uh, if I have the right person there with Stephen Van Zant, I, I could be wrong. I'm just going off of vague details in my mind. I'm trying to see a connection, but I'm thinking maybe it's just that Gary's last name was Talent. But then, what would the other the other names be? Um, I'm gonna go off the assumption that all of these people are dead. <laughs> Except for one. And uh, so the odd man out is the one who's still rocking with us today, AJ. That's my theory, and I'm uh, standing by it no matter what the results. And I'm going to say that uh, Niels Lofgren is, is, I've heard of him, and I think he's still uh, still rocking the, um, the double bass. Okay. So uh, Niels is the odd man out. Niels Lofgren is the odd man out, says you. So I think the key here uh, was Stephen Van Zant was the uh, one that was going to possibly get some traction here. Stephen Van Zant, better known as Little Stephen. Oh, crud. Uh, as you know, he, uh, in Did addition that- to being a musician, uh, also played Silvio on The Sopranos. Yeah. Tony Sirico. Plays Polly Walnuts on The Sopranos. Yeah. However, you are correct. Niels Lofgren is a musician. As is Gary Talent. Steven, Niels, and Gary are all in the E Street Band. Yeah, I know. Tony Sirico, odd man out. I should have thought about it some more. Uh, I had the wrong Van Zant. Am I thinking? Is the Leonard's? What's the Leonard's? Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little Steven. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Cannot give you the points. Oh, that You'll was be fun. kicking yourself for that one, I'm sure. Yeah. 
I, you know I, what? I, Prepare yourself a, a little feast. Invite the crows over. and. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that was a pretty good round for you. You got two right. You got eight points out of a possible 20. We're going to add those eight to the nine you had coming into the round. And we've got 17 points. Not super, but... Not too shabby, and we still have the highest scoring round available to you coming up. Round four, the point value is going to increase, as you know, to three, five, seven, and nine. Here are your final four categories of the game. Kicking things off with the mashup. Moving along to science. Following that up with sports. And we are going to wrap up round four with a category I am calling not-so-current events. Not-so-current events. We'll explain that when we get there. First up is the mashup, though. Three, five, seven, or nine. I like the mashup, but I'm not good at it. But I like it. Let's go, uh... Let's go seven points. Seven points for the mashup. All right, sir. As you know, the mashup, two phrases smooshed together by a common word or syllable. Here is your mashup. It's a nutty treat. Similar to the British bounty. That currently has to deal with the Nutty Megan on a daily basis. All right. Nutty treat. So I'm going to start at the end there. I'm assuming, although, you know, what happens when you assume, AJ? But I'm assuming that the Megan we're talking about is uh, Megan Markle, and uh, she is the one who has... Married uh, Prince. Which one is the first one? Prince Harry. I believe she's married to Prince Harry. Nutty treat. All of a sudden, I'm just thinking of Prince Albert in a can. Prince Albert in a can. Do you happen to have any Prince Albert in a can? Okay. No, but my refrigerator is running. <laughs> <laughs> British. Bounty is an interesting phrase. British bounty. It's the quicker picker rapper. Um, <laughs> I'm not even thinking of like a clever joke to to make this, which is what I was really going for. That's the main thing I go for in these answers, showing my wit. What is a nutty treat? Peanut brittle. Is there a bount- British bounty? So there's mutiny on the bounty. So bounty could be a ship. Perhaps. Then we got to deal with Megan. Dang it, Megan. Nutty Megan. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're throwing me off with British and with Megan. What is a nutty treat? A payday? <laughs> nutty treat. That's what's killing me, AJ. The nutty treat. Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Bounty. 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 British bounty. A British bounty. Bounty, I say. Tonight, on a very special beat by guest, <laughs> the resident of the hot seat goes completely mental. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm dying. I'm really dying here. AJ, okay. I'm just going to say something that makes no sense. Whatsoever, because I've spent five hours trying to figure out what this should be. Um, I'm going to say Turkish delight, Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. 
I mean, if I if I just blurted out your right right now, you would probably have a heart attack and die. <laughs> All right, l- l- let me put you out of misery. No. <laughs> you were getting close to figuring out what the nutty treat was. I think you did get hung up on the whole uh, Megan half of it. Uh, the there is a candy bar in in Britain called a Bounty. That's their British Bounty refers to a candy bar, uh, a nutty treat. You were saying payday. You were you were talking about certain candy bars. Mounds do not have nuts, but Almond Joy, Almond Joy have nuts. And every day on the View, she has to deal with Megan McCain, oh, that nutty yeah. Megan. Joy Behar. We were looking for Almond Joy Behar. You know, I knew I was letting the British and the Megan throw me in down the wrong road, and I just kept I kept following it anyway. Indeed, you were no Miss Marple, as you dwelt on Miss Markle. Cannot give you the seven points, but I can tell you the next question is, of course, one of your favorite categories. <laughs> Science! Science! Oh, Three, five, or that. nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go... Uh... Let's go five. Why not? Why not, indeed? Five points for science. Good luck, sir. Here is your five-point science question. Technically speaking, almonds are not nuts, but rather an indehiscent fruit known more commonly by what five-letter term? An indehiscent fruit? (laughs) Yes, that's a science word. (laughs) Indehiscent? Can, can we spell indehiscent? Maybe I can. Uh, that would be I N D E H I S C E N T. Indehiscent. Okay, so that might have to do with the smell, because I see the word scent at the end of that word. And uh, indie is sort of like a hip, you know, not mainstream. <laughs> so it's, it's like sort of a hipster smell. A, a well-known fruit that has a hipster smell <laughs> is clearly what indehiscent is. So, <laughs> now that I've narrowed that down... <laughs> native to the East Village of New York. Yes. But I gotta come up with the five-letter word that these almonds are better known as. And unfortunately, legume ain't it. They they make almond paste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they make almond milk. And it's a fruit, an indehiscent fruit. What would that smell like? Uh, that's a fruit that smells like a hipster. Oh, that smells like uh, kind of uh, lemony or vanilla-y, which is better known as a, a, a savory. No, dang it. I don't know why I'm trying so hard on a science question. This is not my category. <laughs> I wonder what some other indehiscent fruits are. So I'm at the point where I'm like, it's pears. <laughs> Almonds are pears. Five letter word. That is a fruity word. It's a, it, it's a, uh, it's something that it's, it has to do with the smell. I could be wrong about that, because incandescent is not about. Uh, man, AJ, why are you doing this to me? You making me look stupid, AJ. <laughs> Interesting grasp of cause and effect you have. <laughs> AJ, these are what are commonly known as 
I don't know. I'm going to say Zests. They're commonly known as Zests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so common. Well, <laughs> let's let's start by getting the, the big science word out of the way. Uh, indie isn't has nothing to do with odor, uh, as you figured out later on in your musings, I think. Uh no, it refers to the fact that it does not split open in order to release its seeds. It rather stays in its contained little uh, nut-like shell. That means it's indehiscent. Peaches and apricots are also considered to be indehiscent. And collectively, items of this nature are, uh, if you have an almond, if you have a peach, if you have an apricot, you are holding a droop. D-R-U-P-E, a droop. AJ? Yes, sir. I learned a new word today. Yes, indeed. Droop doggy dog. Watch as my shoulders droop. There you go. Unfortunately, cannot give you the points there. But we have two questions left. We have the high and the low. We have the three and the nine. And sports is up next, sir. What say ye for sports? I have no clue what the last category is, because I believe it's a new one. Uh, So better play it safe than sorry. I'm going to go with three for sports. <laughs> Not sure exactly how that's playing it safe, but sure. Three points for sports. Good luck, sir. Here is your question. For 14 years, he was the broadcasting partner of Harry Carey. And currently, he works for the Chicago White Sox. He also won the American League Cy Young Award in 1980, going 25-7 and for the Baltimore Orioles. Who is he? I do not know. I'm going to take a guess of somebody I think was a big-time Orioles pitcher around that time. So this is total guess. I'm going to go with, even though I don't think this is the right answer, I'm going to go with Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer is your answer. You uh, certainly nailed the Baltimore Orioles. That's the right time period. Jim Palmer, indeed. Member of that team, uh, member of that staff, Scotty McGregor, uh, another pitcher of that uh, era there. Uh, Unfortunately, neither is the correct answer. Harry Carey uh, often was mocked, and uh, people would do impressions of him, uh, and he would always be talking to his uh, partner in crime there in the booth. Hey, Stoney, I gotta tell you this. Stoney, Stoney is a pitcher by the name of Steve Stone. The link for the previous question is that another phrase for droop is stone fruit. I could not tell you that because then you would have just said stone, and it would have been a very easy last name guess. Didn't want to have to make you guess the first name here, so I left it out. But now our lives are complete. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, uh, I'm not as up on Harry Carey as I perhaps should be. Well, uh, you're talking about the announcer, not the Japanese act of self-immolation, yes, right? Yes, I am, of course. <laughs> Well, at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I'm just surprised you didn't say Kesha for the five-letter answer. <laughs> All right, one question left in round four. It is going to be worth nine points, the highest-scoring question of the game. And, of course, you saved that nine for a category I'm sure you're very confident in. You don't even know what it means. Uh, Not-so-current events. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to ask you a question that was current events about one year ago. So it's not a current event exactly, but it was. 
So you will have heard of the answer. It's just a question of whether or not you can recall it, even though it might sound eerily similar to a question from today. Four nine points. Here is your question. In October of 2018, Republicans invited senators into a secure room to view a top-secret report from the FBI based upon accusations provided by who? So I think there's a trap answer. It's a trap! It's, I mean, is that the, the Mueller report? Well, Mueller report? AJ, I, I'm, I'm just a waste of a man right now. Think it out. A year ago, October 2018. Yeah. How many, you know, secret Congress, you know, <laughs> how many, like, uh, bad report? How many controversies? There's been a, a billion and a half in the last. All right. Okay. So I should be able to figure this, work it out. I'm having a, a hell of a day, AJ. And uh, a bit of foreshadowing based on what I gave you as my <laughs> three choices. I don't think I'm going to go much higher. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, Bar. Bar is your answer, which, of course, by just going with the last name, you're giving yourself a little immunization against the fact that it could have been Roseanne Bar, I suppose. Exactly. Uh, it's not Roseanne Bar. But <laughs> so, uh, although if we ask the question about current events, the correct answer would be. Uh, something in the form of whistleblower, because uh, that's what's going on today. It's a very similar thing when a certain Supreme Court nomination process was in effect for Mr. Brett Kavanaugh, and senators were invited into a secure room to read a top-secret report, accusations provided by Christine Blasey Ford. Yeah, I remember that. One year. One, one year. year. A lot happens, and a lot doesn't happen in one year. One less question to answer. <laughs> well, there's uh, one question more. <laughs> uh, you didn't get any points in that round. Yeah. Uh, hang on, I have to do some math. I have to do some math here. 17. 17. Still at 17 here. As we head into the confidence question. But, Kintad, it is your last chance. To try and improve your final score. Only one question is before you. This here confidence question. Only one answer is required. <laughs> I will give you the category. And you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right. And I will add it to your score. And happily so. But if you get it wrong, Kintad. If you get it wrong. <laughs> not only will you lose those precious points, my friend. But you will have to stay in that chair. Until you figure out exactly what the heck you were coming up with as a possible answer for that mashup. <laughs> you could be there a while. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, good Todd, as with all my hot seat guests, I have asked you to provide me with three potential categories. Uh, for me to choose from here in the confidence question. Uh, normally, this is where I say you have graciously done so, and I have deviously selected, but uh, Contrad tried to be a bit of a Weisenheimer, folks, uh, saying that he was in such a state of nostalgia for the alphabet season that he gave me R, S, and T as his three categories. Just a word to the wise out there. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> 
but so unwise. Unwise. Uh, so uh, just for uh, uh, so as to accept, I, I as uh, someone with an improv background, I will accept your offer, and I will yes and it. Your category today, R S and T. Oh no! All rolled up to one. How confident are you in that category, sir? Between one and ten points. AJ, I always say go big or go home. I'm already at my home, so I'm not going big. <laughs> uh, you know, I was so proud of myself for coming up with these uh, category suggestions. Thought I was being funny. So you know what? I'll, I'll still make it a little fun, you know, a little fun for the people out there. And But I want to stay in double digits, whatever I do. So we'll go with seven. Seven points. Of course, seven points means she's not going to end up on a lost number. But that's okay. Don't, don't, no reason not to make me angry even more. I'm already angry. So. <laughs> no, no, it is your right. And I am fully still behind you, my friend. I hope you get this one correct for seven points. Here is your confidence question. Again, in a category encompassing all three of your alphabet letters that you gave me, R, S, and T. Uh, keep in mind that uh, this has to do with the question. And not the answer. The answer can have any uh, letter in it. I thought I was done giving that clarification, but apparently not. <laughs> Cantat, in 1973, a company called Tactical Studies Rules, or TSR, released a board game called Cavaliers and Roundheads about the English Civil War. They released this game in order to try and raise enough money to do what? Huh. Well, if my rec recollection is right, uh, TSR was the original name of the company that eventually turned into Wizards of the Coast and brought us Dungeons and Dragons. So I don't know too much about TSR as a company before that, before Dungeons and Dragons. So I don't know if they had like one other big game before they went down that road. But the the name certainly lends itself to them being a producer of like strategy games. So there may have been some big title before, but I'm not going to play around. I'll just say that so they could produce uh, the game that was uh, Dungeons and Dragons. All right. To produce the game that would uh, be known as Dungeons and Dragons is your answer. So uh, in 1973 guy by the name of Gary along with his partner Don they really really wanted to publish this book that they've been working on and they raised some capital to produce a board game uh, Gary had had some experience working for Avalon Hill which was a huge board game company in the 70s it's called Cavaliers and Roundheads it was about the English Civil War and had they waited for that game to actually make enough money for them to proceed with their plans they might never have gotten there but they did find another investor along the way and so working out of his basement gary gygax was able to produce the first run of the rule book for dungeons and dragons seven points for you well done hey excellent yes I'm going to add those seven points to the 17 you had coming in, and you, my friend, finish off the game with 
a much more respectable 24 points. Sir, how are you feeling now that all that pressure is off of your droopy shoulders? Oh, AJ, that was a tough game. I, At least for me. I'm sure uh, a lot of your superstars that are out there uh, will definitely beat your guest this time. But uh, there's probably just as many out there that are are like me <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, probably scored around the same. Or even less. Who knows? I hope everybody has fun with it. I had a great time, as per use. Yeah, way to be committal there with the, uh, <laughs> with the answer. <laughs> hey, how'd you do? Well, uh, you know, pretty good or uh, not too bad. Actually awful. But, you know, maybe better than most, but, you know, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, it was almost like watching watching uh, Statler Waldorf. <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo! Oh, well, wasn't bad, wasn't good. It was awful. Boo! Boo. <laughs> Always uh, a run of the gamut of emotions when I have you in the hot seat. Is there anything that you'd like to pimp, plug, or otherwise uh, shout out to before I ask you to leave once again the comfort of the hot seat? Not, not at this point, uh, except for I—I uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I've shouted out my lovely wife Gloria, but I will shout her out again. She's uh, putting up with me as we go through this move, so uh, she definitely deserves a shout out. And uh, if you think I'm a nice guy, maybe follow me on Twitter at black underscore Viking. Indeed. Well, Kintad, thank you so much as always for being a good sport. Uh, now get out of my hot seat. <laughs> thank you, don't really thank you for taking part. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with another exciting new episode of Beat My Guest. But until then, take care and bye bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMG Pod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.